Welcome to episode 19 of Forging the Journey, where we discuss the joys and struggles of our entrepreneurial journey. I'm Greg Davis. And I'm Jared Dobb. And good morning, buddy. How are you? Doing good. What's going on? Uh, just uh, enjoying a little sunshine today here in, in Ohio. It's kind of a nice change. Yeah, I heard that in the next couple days here, it's going to get up almost into the 60s. And yep. to me, that means one thing, and that's range time. <laughs> <laughs> I was I thought the same thing and I look at the weather and yeah it's like 65 but it also says 80% chance of rain so I'm, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on it to see what it was a lot of times that means yeah it's a 90% chance of rain for one hour at eight o'clock right or something yeah yeah and that's so. totally different but I I always have to watch that too because I'm obviously going out with camera stuff and trying to get photos and although my cameras technically water resistant they advertise I don't really want to test it <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah what's what's been going on in your week last week um well it's kind of cool i i hired another uh part-timer dude and, uh, which is pretty cool that's awesome so uh, now you've got a three-man crew yep yep so i i've got him um he's he's my clip guy i've got him dedicated right now to to bending clips which is which is awesome. That's incredible. Uh, you know, I, I, I actually enjoy it, but the problem is the only, the only time I really have to do it is at night. Like I'll go back out to the shop at nine or 10, put on a movie or something, bend for a couple hours. Um, and I, I, I do kind of enjoy that, but at the same time, that means I work nights. And so, right. Um, you know, so really, you know, hiring, the, the new person on just allows me to not have to work nights. So it's going to open up time for other things and it's going to keep dusty on, uh, on the other things that you know, I, I need him on. Cause honestly the clips are kind of the thing that, that kind of slips through the cracks <clears throat> and that we kind of forget about until our bin is empty. We're like, Oh, we need to bend clips. Uh, yeah. So I'm hoping this will, this will keep that, keep that train moving. So how how often is he going to work? If you don't mind me asking, how many hours do you plan on having him at your shop at this point? And um, you don't have to share that if you don't want to, but I'm just curious. No, it's fine. Yeah, so uh, so right now it's it's going to be kind of evenings, like three days a week for maybe four or five hours each day. Um, and honestly, I think after about two weeks, he's going to have he's going to he's going to have a big big stockpile of clips for us so you know at that point i'll i'll start having him do other things but uh yeah just just kind of part-time he uh he's in high school and uh he's he's actually a son of a good buddy of mine and uh and really it's kind of perfect because he's he's got interest in in kind of the whole shop thing and cncs and production and and he's very hands-on uh, he likes to build things and that, so it was just kind of a good fit. <clears throat> and uh, and he's got track season starting up, so he kind of comes over after after practice for for a few days a week. But nice. <clears throat> I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to having him around the summer because I've got a feeling just if the rest of the year continues on the trajectory uh, that it's going, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need him around here this summer too, and. Just, just be able to have another set of hands around in the summer and and get get stock built up 
and uh, also maybe allow me a little bit more time away from the shop and with the family this summer. That's awesome. That I don't know. It just pumps me up so much to hear that. Yeah. It was, I mean, it just in my head, it kind of, it kind of changed me a little bit. Just like, oh man, I've got two employees now, you know, just, <laughs> you know, going, going from zero to one was a big, big deal, but I almost feel like one to two is almost a bigger deal. Like, oh man, I'm working my way up to a crew here <laughs> Yeah, with a, with a whole two employees, but well, I'm looking yeah. forward to to Christmas time or New Year's. You're heading into 2020 when you do another post or something. Like I said, that was yeah. my favorite post you guys have ever done. But you know, in five years, who knows? You might have 10 people around you. Right. You know, that's that's neat to kind of forecast that. And it's also cool because I'm sure he's pumped up by the fact that he knows that it's you're a smaller company. And the coolest part of that is he's kind of stepping into that right now so he's going to get to see so much different stuff that you wouldn't normally see from an established business you know just a regular employee uh, from the eyes of a regular employee i guess is what i'm getting at yeah that's pretty cool i kind of i kind of probably kind of romanticize of what uh of what it would be like to you know just to step in on ground level with the small company that's growing and just potential that's there and, and just kind of the excitement of, of what could happen. You know, I mean, I don't know, you know, maybe, you know, we continue to grow and I need to keep this kid on and, and he continues to grow and take on more. And next thing I, you know, 10 years down the road, he's shop manager. I don't know. I just, you know, I was right. kind of, you never know. You just kind of play out. Yeah, it's kind of play out the possibilities, and that, and to me, that's kind of the exciting stuff about about a small business and and just the potential that's there. And so, what day? What day? If you don't mind me asking, because I'm actually going to write down in our notes here, and then it's on the podcast. If you remember, what was the day that you hired him? I think he started last Thursday. So that would have been, I guess, the seventh. It's the seventh. Yeah, I'm writing that down. We'll call that good. But that's cool. That's I mean, because to me, that's kind of a milestone. Not yeah. kind of. It is a milestone. So <clears throat> then you have something to look back on when, because I script dates all the time, <laughs> as we have more info coming into our heads. Right. So how about you? What's 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 new in your world? I feel like nothing quite that exciting. But uh, what's really neat to me and a trend that I've noticed over the last three weeks is we have had the interest of law enforcement departments across the nation. And they're finding us through word of mouth from departments that we've done business with. Um, They're finding us through just regular Google searches. And you and I haven't really talked about this lately, but we kind of pulled the plug, not kind of, we pulled the plug temporarily on our Google ads so everything that's out there, any any searches that are happening are just 100% organic. Um, so it's kind of crazy to me to think that you know people are typing in steel targets and we're showing up on the first page of Google with no ads. And then law enforcement officers are finding that, clicking the LEO link, and then reaching out to us. But I've been getting every week um, between six to eight different departments reaching out to me for quotations, um, more info, you know, the whole nine yards. 
which is crazy because, you know, they order obviously more than one target at a time. So we've, we've had a, an influx of that kind of, um, those kind of customers coming in, which is pretty cool to see. Um, and we do, we do offer a, a law enforcement discount. And so that's, you know, they're reaching out to learn more about that and then learn a little bit about our company. And I get the opportunity to talk on the phone or through email with these different sergeants or chiefs of police or the range masters. Um, and it's, it's pretty cool. It, it's definitely different because in the last, I mean, that's, that's a developing thing for us. The first year we started, we weren't on the radar of any departments. And now, you know, we're seen as a prestigious target supplier, you know, top tier products in a law enforcement community. And we haven't even broken the surface, in my opinion, on that. But it's exciting to see that end of the spectrum really, really ramping up. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, so then we're, you know, we just, we've been running into um, situations where our sales have increased and we're running low on product. So we're kind of scrambling to get stuff back together, uh, bases, and we just did a whole run of eight app target plates and top brackets. And it's cool to look back because we had probably 200 bases out here. And since the beginning of, you know, whatever, in the last couple of weeks, month or whatever, you know, now we're down to very few. <laughs> and it, it's cool because there would have been, I guess it would have been the 2015 or 2016 year, that would have been all we sold the entire year, you know, or, or less. And now, you know, we're doing that in a month-to-month basis which is right. pretty cool. I mean, it's cool to see the growth and it's, um, it's fun to kind of reminisce on the fact that three years ago, n- nobody knew anything about us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been cool, but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Nothing, nothing like crazy. I, I don't know. No milestones I would say for, for the last I, week. I, I think that stuff is though. I, I think that's, <clears throat> you know, being able to look back, you're like, man, I'm shipping out to one person what we, shipped our first year I, I mean that to me that's that's huge milestone stuff and and we've we've seen that this year I mean we've shipped to one dealer as much as I used to ship in a month yeah um, isn't that crazy <laughs> yeah just seeing that growth I mean I, I'm running the CNC it's been running nonstop. um yeah I I, I, th- I thought um and when I got it, I was planning on, oh, it, you know, it's, it's going to need to run one week out of the month making Neomag plates. And, and frankly, it's been, it's been running nonstop uh, the last four weeks. Yeah. Just, just, and, and, and that's just keeping up, you know. It, Man, that's I, awesome. I think, I think, I, I think the end of this week, what I've got done is going to be able to, I think I'm, I'm getting caught up now. I think what I've got done this week is going to be able to go on the shelf as, as kind of backup. And then I'm going to keep going to, I'd like, I'd like to have some reserves and not, and not always be making product as I need it. So. And we're in the same boat with our raw material. We just ordered another large bulk order of AR 550 steel from, I forget if it's Chicago or wherever it's coming from. Um, and what we're realizing is everything we're producing right now is about to be sold out through different law enforcement sales and some other large orders. And plus, obviously, the day-of-the-day um, orders coming from the website. 
and all the material coming is claimed for the next production batches. And that's a unique position that we hadn't been in before where, you know, as soon as this stuff comes in, we're going to have to hit the ground running and produce just to keep up with what we need to supply. And it's, it's hectic and it's kind of stressful, but I mean, that's, that's the direction you have to be going. Um, and then, you know, we have, we have better buying power also because we're buying way more material at one time. Um, but it's, it's cool. It, it's, it's hard to explain to people on the outside what that kind of looks like or how that feels going from ordering one or two sheets to now you're ordering entire mill sheets, which, you know, a mill sheet from a steel mill is eight feet by 24 feet long. They're massive. Um, and we're getting trucks, you know, truckload quantities of this stuff coming in. So it's cool. It, it's a cool problem to have. Um, and it just means we've got to stay on our toes and keep innovating and keep looking forward. Um, but we're also kind of have to stick your neck out a little bit each time because I find myself trying to forecast what we're going to sell and you never really know. I mean, you're, you're always taking educated guesses, but each time we kind of stick our neck out a little more and we're like, all right, well, last time we ordered this many sheets. So instead we're going to get you know, 10 more sheets coming in. Um, and yeah, it hurts, hurts the the cash at the moment but at the same time it gives us more flexibility so we're just kind of navigating all of those discussions as a newer business and trying to figure out what the right answers are yeah all right so i got a question for you and this and i have no idea what you're going to say this might backfire on me now i'm getting scared so <laughs> how often do you have the thought what if this ends you know what if people stop buying our product and and then i gotta figure something else out how often do you have the thought of, of what if this this ends do, do you have that thought i've run the scenario but i think my brain is just going so fast and on so many different things that i don't ever really allow myself to fully explore that if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. but so I, I would say that it's not a, it's not a weekly thing that I'll think about it, but I'm also not naive enough to think that I'm invincible and that right. my company can never fail. Um, I, I've said it before in podcasts that, I mean, even to take this journey, you have to be willing to accept that you might royally fail you might lose a ton of money. You might, who knows? So, yeah, I mean, I I would say probably monthly, the thought crosses my head, like, what am, what would I do? And I know what I would do um, if, you know, if TA Target ceased to exist tomorrow. I know what my next step is. So I've, I have thought about it. I haven't obsessed over it, if that makes any sense. But I... I don't know. What do you, what about you? Where are you at? So, you know, I, you know, when I first started this, especially when I first decided to go full time, I mean, that was a thought that I had probably daily of what if this fails? What if something happens, a competitor comes out, a copy comes out, 
I do something stupid and turn people off. I, you know, just like you, you start playing through all these all these possibilities of, of these what ifs, um, and I definitely feel like I think about it less. The, 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 the thought comes up up way less often. I definitely don't obsess over it as much. But I, I gotta be honest, it's still probably a weekly thought, and like. And I can't even really. So I guess the thing I wonder is, at what point do I, you know, at what point in my business venture will that stop, or will it stop? You know, like is it healthy? Things... Is it healthy to stop it too? You know right. what I mean? Or yeah, is that a good yeah, check I mean, on your own mindset? It, and part of me thinks it's a good thing. I mean, one that shows that I really care. Um. But part of me is also once, like I dream about getting to the point where the business is, and I'm, and this is the thing. This is the thing. I have no idea what point that is. At what point do I? Can I sit back and just walk into work every day? Like, yep, here we go. You know, this is, <laughs> and, and yeah. be able to do that every day for, I don't know, a year or something. You know, and um. I was actually messaging with uh, um, the owner of Agency Arms. We, we every once in a while we uh, we message back and forth. Me and Michael, and I posed a question to him. Was, which, which honestly, I was surprised that they've they've only been in business maybe a year or two longer than we have. So I know, isn't that insane? You know, they're not even really a old company, but to me, Agency Arms is a it's a household name. It's they're they're about as big as they come in this industry, you know. Um, and so, I asked him, and I was curious what he was going to say, and he was like, "Yep, I have a thought every day." So, which was both comforting and not comforting, because it was comforting from the fact that okay, this is a normal thing, but it was also not comforting because I'm like, they're, you know, he's the owner of this big successful company that you know from all all things that we see from the outside seems to be still a massively growing company yeah and just you know and he still has that thought so um you know because i even told him i'm like we've you know my company has been growing exponentially over the last four years and i have no reason to think i i have no number or set of numbers to even make me think that I'm on a downward trend or, or, or anything like that. But it's, it's, it's still a thought that I have. And, uh, yeah, I, I go back and forth. I, I think it's, I think it is a healthy thought just to put yourself in check. But I, I hope that eventually it gets to the point where, um, it's not a thought that like, takes my breath away anymore yeah and i you know i look at it probably from the same a similar lens but from a planning standpoint and why i think that it's healthy to have that thought coming through your head and and to be playing out that scenario is if you know and i guess i'll put it this way you know i i have friends who own 60 plus year old companies they're not immune to a chain of reaction um, of unfortunate events that could close the doors of the business. 
you know, and that's, that's the reality of, you know, one lawsuit or one Royal screw up, or if you're in a construction industry or something, a really, a, a series of unfortunate events in that realm is three years of solid rain like we had last year. I mean, that can put businesses out just by weather. And I think it's healthy to have that thought. And for me, I ran that scenario a couple times and, and I did it for the fact that if something were to happen, I need to know what I'm going to do immediately at the snap of the fingers to start providing for my family. Because that's obviously my number one, um, my number one priority is I've got to put food on my table. Um, and, and the coolest thing that I will say about going on this journey right now up to this point is I've, I've learned a skill set and pushed myself in ways that I absolutely guarantee I never would have done outside of owning a business. And I've created a skill set that's marketable, that puts me in a competitive realm. And like this stuff isn't me. I hope it doesn't come across like I'm being arrogant at all because it's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is my business pushed me to learn things that if it were to fail would help me to provide for my family later on down the road. Uh, Now I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I, it would have to be, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything, but it it would have to be a scenario, a really bad scenario that you can't predict that I think would stop TA targets from where we're headed. Um, But again, you can't be naive thinking that you're invincible and that outside things can't affect you. Because I think that's about the time when, when you'll get kicked pretty hard. Yeah. But that's a cool, that's a really cool question. I'm really, that's got my head spinning. I mean, I have an answer for it, but now I'm going to be thinking about this the rest of the day. Guaranteed. (laughs) And that's... Again, I, I think it's a good thought, and it's also one that that, that we can't let overtake us. I, I think I think we need to take that thought and that fear, and let that um, give us energy to 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 press on and to and to keep thinking about what's next. And you know, because I think if we're not innovating, if we're not if we're not pushing forward, then I think that thought process becomes a little bit more realistic. And um, so, I mean, really that thought and that fear is, I, I, I try to let that push me right, and, and make me better instead of me being frozen in fear. Um, I mean, cause I think back to like that, 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 that first year, you know, I, I remember writing a check for a thousand dollars for um uh, for some part of the neomag or something like that and just thinking like man what if what if uh you know if something happens and nobody buys these things and i just wrote this check for dollars <laughs> and it's gone you know yeah and it's, it's your family that pays you know the bottom line is your family pays for it if it yeah. fail but yeah and i think is now a thousand dollars is you know, like i don't even think about it anymore just uh you you know so just the way things keep uh keep moving and the way your perspective changes and but even as things grow i think that the perspective of 
of what do I need to do to make sure that this that this keeps going is one that I don't think ever changes. Yeah, and I think that that mindset, how you're handling, how you or I would handle it, and I think I can say you and I because we're on the same same plane here with how we how we think about this is it's going to set people apart who are going to actually attempt to go do this and attempt to start the business and attempt to build up something from the ground up versus those who won't. Because that fear often, I think, from people that I've talked to or that have messaged me, it almost always comes down to that fear of the unknown is what's stopping them from taking that first step. And then that constant revolving door of fear that what if it fails? And having the right mindset to be able to channel that into energy to, you know, momentum essentially is what's going to set people apart who will actually even start. Yep. Really, that's a Absolutely. deciding I factor. Think- yeah, I think what you do with what your action is to to fear, or what your reaction is to the to the fear of the unknown, is is, what, is going to be the difference maker between starting something and, and never starting it. So. Yeah, or even putting picking something up and putting it down right away. I know people that did that as well because of this exact conversation. They started something that could have been very promising, but fear, you know, of the unknown and, and the risks that were involved in it literally froze them to the point where they just gave it up. I, yeah. I know a couple people that had businesses like that, that I look at and I, in my head, I spin exactly how I think they could have done this business plan. And what I see is potential success, but yet the doors got closed willingly. You know, I, I think that we, I think we have the power to re, to royally screw ourselves sometimes um, because of how we, how our thoughts spin around and, and talk us out of doing things. You know, I, I don't know. It's unfortunate when I see somebody say that, well, I just don't know if I can make that happen. So I'm not even going to try. Yeah. But it's cool to hear that. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with you. It's cool to hear that agency, you know, the owner has the same thoughts, but you're right. That does kind of, kind of makes you wonder, are you ever going to be at that point where, um, I don't know. I don't, like I said, I don't think you'll ever be immune to that. I, I'd love to talk to, I don't know, Bill Gates or, or something like that and ask them that question. Yeah. You know, you, you, you want to think about a hyper successful business, you know, what's, you know, do they still have that thought? Um, you know, you know, cause I even think about, you know, in our industry, agency arms probably does a, is is a baby company compared to like Remington, you know, or FN or SIG, you know, you, you got these, these massive staple companies, but even we know over the last couple of years, some of those companies have, have filed chapter 11. I mean, Remington, I, I use Remington as an example because I mean, for how many years have they been a staple in this industry? Yeah. And they're not doing so hot. Yeah, so even, you know, so nobody's immune. Yeah, so I, you know, it just makes me wonder, you know, do you ever lose that thought? Um, Because even, like, even the, even the massive companies we see uh, fail for certain reasons. And something you and I touched on last week, this was off, off the record for anyone who's listening, um, but something that I think plays into that is the 
the legacy companies um, where they're multi-generational. And there's an aspect of owning a business where the initial builder of that business sees everything that's going on and has a full vested interest um, and has personally accepted the risks that are associated with that business. But if that gets passed on to one generation, then two generations, and then three generations, you know, by the second and third generation, those people taking over the business, I would say by the third, really didn't see any of the business growing from the ground up. And the mindset isn't always there. And I've also seen companies fail because of that. And Well, you also got to think about, you know, on, on some of these big businesses that are publicly traded and stuff. Like, these companies are being run by boards of people who who don't really have any, you know, they might not even really have any know-how of the products that their company makes and sells. They're just right. wealthy people that that get to make decisions, and and they're they're completely dislocated from what it started as, and 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 even what the, even the the products that they make. I mean, I I, I can't say that for sure, but um, you know, it, it. I mean, that that's a big change when you start dealing with a company that that is being run by a by like a board of directors and stuff like that. Um, it, it's not. It's not a Jared that gets to make a call on on a quote and how something's made and painted and shipped and packaged. You know, right? It's and that's just that's such a different animal. Um, yeah, and when and, you know, like you said, I the first time you write a check for materials for a thousand dollars, and you're like, holy cow, that's so much money, and then all of a sudden you're you know inflating that multiple times over it's not the same you know what i mean i don't know yeah it everything changes and you feel it the the owner of the company feels it and i feel it when we're ordering a truck of material i know what that costs and i'm like holy cow i've got to make sure that we're you know we're watching this because that could that could sting when you remove that you remove that i guess it's the emotion almost i i guess that's the way to to put it is you could be a publicly owned company or a board of directors running a company or a third generation, fourth generation. If that emotional feeling isn't there in the company, you know, it, that also I think is a, uh, a potential hazard. And I think that fuels into companies that, you know, actually see our worst fear of actually closing the doors. I'm even concerned just to, you know, when I hire somebody on, even if it's just a part-time 16-year-old, like I put off doing that for the last two or three months because I didn't want to take somebody on if I was just going to have to turn around and let them go. You know, so I, I wanted to wait until I truly needed somebody and I thought that there was some longevity in it, um, you know, he could quit next week, I, you know, and that's that's up to right. him. But at least on my end, well, as long as he doesn't listen I to the podcast, he won't quit. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Please don't quit. <laughs> um, that's funny. Yeah, so anyway, I, I think one of the reasons why I, want, why I just want to bring this up because I feel like I 
feel like we start off every podcast with everything's bright and shiny and we can't keep up because everything's going so well and right and for the, <clears throat> and for those that, that that are listening I, I just I think it's also important for us to be be forthcoming about about the struggle that we still face every day or the thoughts that we have every day every week and um, I, I don't ever want anybody to think that that this is easy or and not because I care what they think about me or my company, but um, just I, I know some people listening to this have brand new companies and and uh, and probably have it, like in this thought that that you know what if this is over or something is a new thing that they're dealing with. Um, I guess I just want them to know from where I sit four years later, I still have the thought and it's a, it's a normal thing. And, uh, so yeah, that's kind of where I want to bring that up. I like to explain to people that messaged me on Instagram or shot me an email or something and asked my opinion on whatever business related. Anytime someone asks me how hard it is, it has been, way harder than I would have ever expected to get even to the point where we're at now. And I don't even, I absolutely don't even look at TA targets as an established company yet, just because I know what, how much extra, you know, how much more work there is involved in this, but it's taken way more effort than I ever would have even dreamed that it was going to take. And it's taken way longer than I ever would have thought that it would take to get to this point. And that's, that's the reality of it. And yeah, you're right, Greg, that's not sunshine and, you know, flowers in a field. That's the reality of this is we've taken a step into a journey that is immensely stressful. It's high risk. um, And it, it's just, it's a daunting task in general. And there's a reason why most people will never even step foot into this realm. It's just, that's, let's just say it. That's the fact. I mean, it's way harder than most people uh, or way more work than most people would be willing to do. But, you know, I, I also think like, I, I was just reading an article about, um, just about the mental tax taxation taxing. I don't know what the term is, but just how taxing it is to be an entrepreneur. Right. And in this article they were, they were telling stories about some, uh, of a couple of businesses where where the guy like sold everything he had sold his house now this is like him and his wife yeah. they're living on like they're eating beans and and living conditions are just bad because they're putting everything into this business and it's dragging on and it's like this for years and and now they have this multi-billion-dollar publicly traded company and stuff, um, but I also feel like I've had it pretty easy, you know. Like, just you know, some of the steps that I've taken, um, I'm glad I I took it because it made things easier. But at the same time, um, you know, I I haven't had to sell everything I own in order to do this, and. Um, I think your circumstances really made uh, things nice too, because there was already 
a business that was existing that, that you know, that, you know, that you got to kind of work with and build from. And, um, you know, so I also, you know, you know, part of me also thinks that, man, we've, we've had this fairly easy compared to, <clears throat> you know, if you compare yourself to those, you know, to those guys that, that had to sell everything and, and, uh, and went massively in debt just to, just to keep things going. And thankfully in their case, it turned out to be, you know, a, a big success. That's, that's not always a story, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. There's, there's a million ways to, I don't know. I just look back. I, I joked about this. I'll put it this way. I joked about this, but I think I'm serious. I said in, in 10 years, I'll write a book about what we did here because there were, there were benefits to the way we structured this, but I can tell you that it was probably one of the most difficult paths to build a business looking back. And we all agree on it with what we've tried to do. Uh, and there's, we can go on a whole other podcast sometime and I'd be happy to, to dive into that. But it's just knowing that, I don't know. I, I like, I like that you brought this topic in because it is a self-check reminder, and you know, I, I think it's an important thing to, to just realize that, I don't know, you're not alone. This is a yeah. thought that is going to cross everyone's mind um, at some point. At, and maybe it's recurring. For me, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't this, um, this daunting question that's always hovered over my head. I guess hey, that could be my personality just because I, I kind of tend to just accept that all I can ever do is my best, be honest, do good business, and then um, put forth every effort to learn. But ultimately, if it fails, then at least I can say I did everything humanly possible to make this work. You know, I put forth my best effort. So do you ever wonder, I just had this thought this last week or so, do you ever wonder, am I not putting enough into this? Am I not, it, like, what's what's the biggest risk that I could take that I'm not taking? Or even, you know, what's a bigger risk that I'm, I, I'm not even thinking about right now that I could take? That That is almost reckless. That is almost to the point where, or if this if this doesn't work out, we're done. But the reward to it could be, it takes you to another stratosphere. You know, do you, do you, have you ever thought about that? Yeah, I, I don't. I'm trying to think if I would put my finger on one thing. But what grows a business? Um, when I look at this, and you know, I might. This might be one of those things I'll look back in a couple of years and laugh at myself for even saying, but. When I look at what I could do with TA targets, if I had cash and personnel where I could take TA targets in half the time that it took us here, because um, we kind of went on a trajectory of organic growth. And what that means for anybody listening is as, as cash comes into the company, we use that money to reinvest in the company. Um, side note, not even paying ourselves. And that's a reality you'll face as an entrepreneur at first when you're you know, trying to do this business thing and you're like, holy cow, I can only cover costs and sometimes not even that, but that's a whole other topic. 
but as money comes in, we reinvest in the company. And that is a kind of a safe way to do it. And I think you and I, Greg, kind of agree that that's definitely the least reckless way to do this. Yeah. I mean, you can go to a bank and you can get money. You can find investors and you can get money. Um, but we've been kind of playing the safe route because of the fact that we have families and kids and, you know, all of that stuff gets weighed into our decisions. Um, but yeah, I could, I could say that if I wanted to go reckless, I could create a plan that's probably pretty scary and with enough confidence in its success that it's tempting. But I I don't know one thing that I would put my finger on right now, but I, I feel like for me, my biggest struggle is I feel like I can't put in enough because I'm just one guy. You know, I, I feel like I find myself thinking about these things. Like if I only had an in-house photographer with me, if I only had that one guy that was sitting right next to me that could help me with the newsletter, that could help me with graphic design. And I think that those are real things that would help our company grow, but, you know, figuring out like you've been navigating with your new hire, when to, when to pull the trigger on stuff like that. Um, yeah. So I know I'm kind of beating around the question there, but <laughs> I, I know that I what? go ahead. Oh, cause I, you know, cause I think about, you know, what if I was given a million dollars, which when you really think about, if you were to, if you were to look at loans, ask for some investors, you you could probably drum up a million dollars. Um, if I had that, what would I do with it? Right. And and it kind of gets me kind of kind of gets me excited because I think I could hire a full time engineer who. I could spitball ideas with and have somebody sitting there full time <clears throat> thinking about and modeling up and actually working full time on on new ideas whereas right now I fit that in when I can. Right. And that's and honestly that's one reason why I hired Dusty and why I hired uh, the new person is like is because I'm trying to make more time for that. But what if I just I was able to hire somebody for a year and it, you know, what could that produce? And then if I could hire <clears throat> a machinist and buy another CNC and have them, th- th- them run it. I like, I think if I could instantly have a million dollars and instantly scale up, I feel like it would, it would work. It would yeah. grow and it would pay itself off like immediately. You know, so part of me thinks like, man, it, it, if I'm really that confident and I, and I really feel like I can manage that and I could do that, maybe I should be. You know, maybe I should be putting a suit on and making appointments to meet with people in the bank and and look for investors. And you know, what's you know, so what's holding me back from doing that? Yeah. Um, or should I just be, you know, really strapping down and saving money and maybe over the next four or five years, I could come up with a million dollars to, you know, to invest in that. You know, I don't know. It, you know, I, I really start thinking about, you know, am I doing enough? Because I'm so far I've 
played it pretty safe. Yeah. And it's worked and we're growing at a healthy rate and it's, it's exciting. I'm having fun with it and everything, but you know, but I also wonder, am I doing enough? And, uh, and I, I look at it kind of as a tug of war of my mind because I struggle with the same, the same thing where when we got into 2018 and we started rolling through the year, I wrote a, on a notepad, I took up like six pieces of paper on this notepad and at the top it said, what would I do with $4 million? And I actually did exactly what you were saying. What, if I could get $4 million into TA targets right now, yeah, and I, I think it's funny because I don't know who, I don't know exactly who listens to this podcast. So maybe, maybe that number feels mind boggling to you. Um, but the reality of the business world is that's not that much money when it comes into investing in a business or trying to rapidly scale up, pay for employees, equipment. Um, you know, it, it's a, it's not, I have, I'll put it this way. I know people who started brand new businesses with no track record who got a $4 million loan. Now the interest rate was ridiculous. <laughs> you know, the bank's going to make their money. They always will. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking at TA targets as I've got a four year track record of a company that is growing far more rapidly organically than most companies probably will. I guess that then m- probably more than average. I could safely say that statement. We're probably growing more than an average company would. Um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of went through that fantasy of what would happen if I had $4 million. And I, I'm in the same boat as you where I, I feel like, we have an established business that is well known enough that that would allow me to put people in key positions in the industries and the markets that we're already thriving in, and it would just exponentially blow it up. Um, and I, I think what holds me back is I've lived my life debt-free except for my mortgage. I don't have any car payments. I don't have things that strap me down, which has given me the freedom to pursue business. And now I look at this and I'm, I'm like, I've lived my life without debt. I've gone the, you know, the, the thin hard line. But at the same time, you look at people who invest in real estate or businesses and leverage debt to exponentially grow a business. And so I, I'm in that weird phase where I, I just don't know how I feel about that, but I know that if we wanted to do that, I could probably get that. I could probably get that kind of an investment. Um, yeah. I don't know. I I don't know how to tell if that's ever the right move as a business owner at this stage. Well, I, I think part of it is you have to ask yourself, what is my goal right. with this company? Is it to be a agency arms you know, is it to have 30, 50 employees and, and be this big thing? Or is it to be a five employee and, you know, a couple million dollars a year, you know, like, you know, what is my goal with this? Cause perhaps I could grow this to be a 50 employee, 10 million, $15 million a year company or something, you know, maybe that is, you know, you know that is a, a realistic thing if I got the money to do it. But is that 
is that my goal? Is that what I want out of this? Yeah. Because, because I, I've talked to people that have, that have these large businesses and they, they, they tell me all they dream about is going back to the days when it was a small business because it was so much easier and enjoyable and stuff. So I, I, I think it's all, it, it, it's, it, it's exciting to dream big and, but man, you also have to, I, I think it's also something that you really have to think about you know, what is, what is my intention with this and what's, you know, what do I really want this to be? Yeah. And that's probably one of the hardest things to navigate through is yeah. just answering, trying to answer that question. Cause, um, what I, you know, what I would think of in my mind is that it's a, it's kind of like a, a tug of war between being content and taking a risk. You know, like at the same time, you want to be content and happy with where you're at, but you know that part of this business journey is not being content. I mean, why did why did you or I start a business? You know, at at, at the end of the day, for me, I'm I wasn't content being in a you know nine hour a day job with someone dictating every step of my day, and that's a real tug of war in my brain where. You know, I, I don't have the answers right now as to what I truly think about that, whether I want to, you know, own a, a massive company with tons of, I mean, I, I do, there's a, there's a large part of me that's like, man, wouldn't that be so cool? Cause I, I see friends and, um, my one business partner owns a large company that has 70 some employees. So I get to see that as well. Um, but I also see very vividly what comes with that. And it's not, yeah. you know, it, your problems, if you think of it, our problems right now is a small company with only a few people on a team, they feel massive and large. And, you know, in some aspects they rightfully are because mistakes and issues right now could be very costly to a small business. But when you make that, into a 50 employee company and all of a sudden you had two really crappy years and you physically can't pay the bills for the people on your staff, you know, it becomes an exponential problem. So I think there's, I think there's value in the, the route that we've gone, Greg, with, mm. um, we've organically grown this. We are scaling up. Uh, we're adding people where we need to add people. Um, and we're, we're seeing this process and it's still really close to our heart. It's not isolated from that. And because of that, it's keeping us in check as we're kind of navigating these questions of, you know, like you said, what would you do with a million dollars? Is that even a step you want to take? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Some people might call us crazy. Hear... Oh, for sure. <laughs> They'd be like, I, why I aren't would... you, you have this business that's thriving. Why aren't you investing $4 million right now? You know, there's, there's right. people right now that would look. If I laid out our books and our growth and I showed people who have, and I did actually, I'd, I talked to a gentleman who ran a, it was at least an $80 million company. And he looked at, you know, I printed out our profit and loss statements and, you know, our sales trajectories. And he looked at me and he's like, yeah, this seems stressful, but this is phenomenal. And, you know, so it, he's one of the guys that would be like, invest in this stuff now. But I don't know. It, it's it's tough. It's tough navigating all of these different questions. Well, 
if you're listening to this, I would love to hear, love to hear your thoughts on this. Like, what's your, you know, what have you done if you've been, if you've been in this situation? What's, what are your goals and aspirations for your company? You know, I, I would love to hear, I know there's people listening to this that, that have super small businesses. I would love to hear what are your, you know, what are your goals and aspirations or, or what if somebody gave you a million dollars, four million dollars right now? You know, how would you invest it? Maybe something we'll, we'll post up in the Facebook group. Cause I, would I think we to, should. I'd love to hear this. I'd love to hear that and what people, you know, just, just what people's different people's dreams are for their, for the companies. It's super exciting stuff for me. And then what's even more cool is we had a whole other topic we were going to talk about today, but this kind of kind of just happened. Uh, we can put that topic off for another time. <laughs> it's yeah. not it, it's not quite as exciting, but I think it is valuable. I think it'll help yeah. people. But this is cool. I like this organic. Uh, you caught me off guard at the beginning. I <laughs> definitely didn't expect to be talking about this stuff today. So well, it's usually how conversations go over the last few years. It's been. Yeah, I, I I call you up to ask you a silly random question, and we end up having a two-hour deep conversation. So, and you know, so. fun note for anybody, <laughs> anybody listening, because I'm like I said, I, we'll post in the Facebook group. We'll say like, what would you do with a million dollars in your company or whatever? I'm excited to see if there's anybody like anybody, Greg, that says, "Holy cow, a million dollars!" And the reason I say that is, you know, I'm trying to build up enough money to buy a new piece of equipment and that's that fiber laser you and i have talked about greg that i'm just like dreaming about yeah and that wouldn't even cover it (laughs) like (laughs) that wouldn't even so they're three quarters of a million dollars just for the table and then you got to install it and like that's the stuff you've got to be you know i really want to be transparent about that with people and i you walk a, a thin line and it's so frustrating as a business owner because we're trying to keep the information you know, we got to keep our company safe and yet i'm trying to educate people on or at least share my perspective cuz most people wouldn't think that you need a piece of equipment like that to do what we're doing we're just cutting targets out why would you need something like that and i don't know i want to show people that journey that authenticity and do it in a way that doesn't shut people's brains off if that makes any sense because as soon as you start talking I, I feel like anytime you start talking any numbers about what a piece of equipment costs or how many employees you have or whatever you can lose people and i don't know trying to balance that but it's the reality it, this you know being in a business is way more expensive than what you would what you would think you have to move way more product than you would ever think but, but jared i could make this in my garage with scrap stuff I have for a fraction of what <laughs> you sell it for. Yeah, and I'll scale it up and sell 10,000 units. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, real fun, real fun thing I'll put right at the end here because I know we're getting up on time here, kind of running a little long, but I put a post up, and this is cool. This, this was a test, and I strategically put this out there. Did you see the story on TA Targets where we had the ADAP top brackets? Um, in a pile. Lee had just fabricated, I don't know, 150 of them or 200 of them or whatever the one day. Yep. Um, and I put a question. I said, how many of these do you think we make in a year? Um, and the, the responses, and I'm really glad I did that because well, the reason why I did that was I wanted to gauge what people think the size of our company is. 
Um, yeah, that's fascinating. And I'm just going to leave it at that. And you should do that sometime with like a pile of clips. Just be like, how many of these do you think we make a year? And just listen to the responses. Um, Yeah. That would be, yeah, I'm going to do that. That'd be fascinating. It gives you an accurate description. I feel like people think that, that we do. Well, I mean, people who actually follow us know how small we are. So I'd be curious what numbers they think it is. But the people that don't follow us super close, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see what they think. And I had conversations with a couple of the people that responded, and it was cool. I, you know, I'm really glad I did that. And I didn't answer the question, and I don't think you have to. You just leave it hanging out there, leave all of the, the questions unanswered. But uh, it was cool to see that. Yeah, that's a cool idea. All right, man. Well, we should probably we're reaching an hour here. Uh, we should probably probably get moving off. Yep. If uh, if you're if you're listening, you're not a part of our Facebook group or follow our Instagram, uh, Forging the Journey. If you just type that in, uh, you'll find us. The Facebook group is a private group. We'll let you right in. Uh, our our Instagram seems to be growing too, and uh, we're kind of trying to to steal. We're trying to still feel. Uh, feel out what those pages look like and yep and uh and what we post on there so there's not a whole lot right now but we're working on it um, but getting more people in there to get you know, to get conversation going is is really going to be what what makes it work so we'd yeah. love to have you guys in that if you have any any other questions you don't want to go that route you can email us at forging the journey at gmail.com awesome well hope you have a good rest of the week greg and we'll hit it up next time I'm excited to see what we talk about next week. Yep, absolutely. All right, man. Take care. All right, see ya.